The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, it's Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Jaylen Nye, Andrew Gross. Beautiful fall day out there. It's lovely. I was just outside. We'd love to have had more of those. I think we're going to get them sporadically. I think we have a couple (laughs) of days of those and then back to winter. It's sort of like channel surfing. <laughs> it's weather channel surfing is what it is. See where it uh, falls and see what you like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, on the show today, we'll talk a little bit about Pipeline. We'll talk a little Bill Cosby. We'll talk uh, a little pot or cannabis, yeah. if you'd like to call it that. Imagine we'll be doing a lot of that over the next month or so. Yeah, that's for sure. And then there's some interesting stories to get to as well. We well, keep getting some uh, are more... Are you suggesting those aren't interesting stories? Well, I mean, quirky interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, because there's... Um, the, the, the the light continues to be shown on a couple of stories that all had a, our heads scratching for the longest time. And then every night it seems there's, oh, look at that. There's a little bit more. Naked kidnappers. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that this afternoon because the, the story has changed again and moved yeah. away from hallucinogenic tea. So that's a sort of an interesting twist, I guess. The the hallucinogenic tea was the twist, and now apparently... Well, was it there? Was it there? No, they're not saying. or whatever? Um, the rapture what? apparently is a big deal of it. <laughs> that's right. I, w- I wanted to... Uh, entirely up to you, Jay. Mm. I wanted to sort of uh, deal with the pipeline and the C-69, the Bill yeah. C-69, off the top. So, you know, we feel as though we've dealt with it. It's it's important news. Um, but I, just, I wanted to say this. How many of you, and it's rhetorical, so don't feel the need to text, knew what B, uh, Bill C-69 was or had enough of an interest mm-hmm. to Google Bill C-69 to see what it is? It's been dubbed the Impact Assessment mm-hmm. Act, right? And what it deals with specifically is the rules for project approvals. And we've seen recently where that process can break down rather badly. So, And it, this was going to replace the National Energy Board with right. a Canadian energy regulator. Exactly. And it already passed the House of Commons back in June. So mm-hmm. this is a, its second reading before Senate. Um, and there's a few problems with it. And these are the issues, or there's some perceived problems with it. And it's among those uh, items that our premier is bringing up, and it's the reason she's sending people to Ottawa to talk to Senate. But one of the major sticking points in my mind is is the timelines, obviously, right? So because you see how this other approval dragged on, so we, you know, they want to be sure and rightfully so that there's certain timelines associated with big projects like this. Like this. But the other one is this: it doesn't get as much press, but it's really worth mentioning, which is whether or not the approval of a project such as a pipeline should include or exclude downstream emissions, Mm -hmm. right? And here's the reason that's really important, because if you say that as we're looking at a project to build a mob pipeline from A to B, and so, of course, you would think that the approval process would simply only be what happens between points A and B. If there was a spill, or how are you going to prevent a spill, or how will you manage one if it happens, or those kind of questions, right? But when you start looking at what happens when it comes out of B, you kind of open up um, a Pandora's box because, and this is an exaggeration, so this is not, but just to, you know, sort of make it clear. If you were to say, hey, wait a second, so this product goes from A to B and then comes out the other end, and then it goes on a ship. And then it crosses the ocean, mm. and uh, then it gets refined, 
and then it gets in a, an airplane. And then uh, the airplane loads up with bombs and uh, drops them on this country. You go, oh, wait a second, we better take a second look at that pipeline because we're helping drop bombs on, you know. It, it, it can become a process that's never solvable if you say... Oh, it'll never end. Right, like where, exactly, where does it end? If not, if we're not focused <clears throat> specifically on just the project, but we're focused on what happens at the other end, should that be a separate discussion? Should that be a discussion with different people? Should that have different stakeholders? But if you try and get every stakeholder involved in your product from bringing it out of the ground to the point at which it goes, it dissipates into the air, how are you ever going to get agreement? One of the things that had me scratching my head about this one uh, as well is just simply why now? Why? Yeah, it's odd timing for me. Why now are we just getting involved now? We're sitting on second reading here. And, uh, you know, to me, it seems that uh, some of those flags might have been um, waved a little bit earlier, unless those flags just, unless it just became a little bit more clear. I think the answer to that question is this. I think the answer to that question is that because this last process became such a train wreck and, and didn't get to fruition, didn't get to completion. The intent of the bill is to make it very clear as to how you get to completion mm. of this process. <laughs> so in in theory, it's good for us. In theory, it states in black and white what the process is, when it begins, when it ends, and what it includes. So in theory, if you if you have good rules, solid, understandable rules, and this is what a province or, or a, a company has to do to prove whatever, to consult, then that's a good thing. Because now we're not going to court, we're not challenging it, and we're not waiting for rulings. Uh, the Premier uh, announced uh, at the 2018 International Pipeline Conference in Calgary that uh, Ministers Mark McQuaig-Boyd and Shannon Phillips will be going to Ottawa to make their case to the Senate, arguing against this bill that we have been talking about, Bill C-69, uh, the Energy Project Review Overhaul that oil companies have been arguing against as well. Here's what she had to say. We're just sort of getting to a point uh, where, you know, we're going to see the matter going before the Senate. And, and so it's been actually quite a period of time where we've been talking about, okay, so so what do we do next and, and where do we engage? Because uh, we haven't seen the movement that uh, we had hoped to see. So, um, you know, and, and let me just say, I mean, we absolutely support the principle that Ottawa is seeking to achieve in terms of uh, constructing a regulatory regime which enjoys uh, the uh, the trust of Canadians. And we know that's fundamentally important and, and we have to get there. Um, but as I said today in, in my remarks, um, there are areas that, that uh, don't meet our needs and that need to be changed. And, uh, and so we are going to be very, very definitive, uh, both uh, Minister Phillips and Minister McQuaid Boyd uh, will be uh, t- making that taking the opportunity to make the, that case very clearly uh, in the in the Senate uh, setting. And Premier Notley also outlined a few things specifically her government dislikes about the bill. There's uncertainty uh, both around timelines and there's certain uncertainty around the criteria that will be applied uh, in, in, in considering projects, the actual criteria. So that, that's one thing. The other thing, as I said already, is, is we have asked that there be very clear statutory exclusion of downstream emissions from being considered. And we've been very clear on that all along. And, and you know, 
know, we, we had the NEB uh, uh, sort of thinking about that and the reports that they did in the past. And so it's not good enough for us to be assured that it's not there. We need to have it in the legislation that it is not a thing. And then, and then as I've said before, uh, when you look at, at uh, sort of the uncertainty around some of the criteria, the uh, uh, plans of the federal government to engage in, in matters that have uh, consequences for Indigenous communities, and you pair that with some of the other work that they're doing on uh, the Indigenous framework, we are concerned that there is the potential for it to represent a, um, a reach into what is previously been solely provincial jurisdiction. And let me be very clear. Albertans manage energy. That is an Albertan birthright. And under no circumstances are we going to, in this government, uh, see that right be undermined. Um, and so we are very determined to ensure that we maintain our agency over energy development. As I said in my speech today, nobody knows how to develop energy like Albertans, and that is ours. There you go, Premier Notley speaking today at the 2018 International Pipeline Conference in Calgary, where she announced that Ministers uh, McQuaig Boyd and Phillips going to Ottawa to make their case against uh, Trudeau's Bill C-69. So let me just uh, throw this out for you, because I'm 60. So I've been around a while. So there's a lot of people out there that are, make their living from the oil industry or who benefit from the oil industry in Alberta uh, who may not be my age, who are much younger. So I'm just going to throw this out. I don't leave it there. It's a bit of a landmine, but I'll throw it out there. I graduated from university in 1981. I came out to Alberta uh, to work for Algoma Steel selling oil country tubular goods to the oil industry. It was a market that was so fat and so mm. lucrative mm. and was so busy that it was hard to find a person who didn't benefit from that industry. But an individual by the name of Prime Minister Trudeau at the time, a little bit of deja vu here, in 1980 had introduced the National Energy mm. Program. And it ran from 1980, well, it's still around, but uh, the program ran um, for several years and killed that industry. And for those who made a living back then, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It was like somebody flipped a switch off and we were laying off people. We couldn't, you know, where we had gone from what we called allocation, where you told us how much you'd like to buy, we'll tell you how much we're able to sell mm -hmm. you, to begging people to take what we mm -hmm. had sitting in yards in NISCU. So it's for me a bit of deja vu that here we are again, and as coincidence would have it, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Prime Minister Trudeau uh, that seems to be introducing mm. something to me that looks a lot like what his father introduced in 1980. And to me, it looks like the same. It, to me, it's a pig with lipstick, and it's a problem. And I, our, our premier is, is doing the right thing to send delegates to argue this. Um, just given what's happened with the pipeline and given what this policy could possibly represent, what this bill could represent, this could be another really traumatic federal idea. All I keep hearing is, you know, we're going to get this pipeline built. We're going to get this pipeline built from the Prime Minister. That's what he's saying. We're going to get, we are committed to getting this pipeline built. But I don't see anything that shows otherwise. Right. And I'll tell you this, uh, you know, even if you have just a passing interest in politics, even if you have just a passing interest in uh, pipelines and the oil industry in general, 
this bill could potentially represent a much greater problem than not getting that pipeline expansion built. And I know that that's been the number one problem in Alberta. That's all we've talked about in, in this industry, in that industry. This is a, a potentially a bigger problem, and it, and it deserves some light to be shined upon it. So I would really suggest um, you Google Bill C-69 and read it. You know, we keep going back around about, you know, we as Canadians can't get a pipeline built in this country, Mm -hmm. let alone everybody else who's packed up and left saying, hey, we're not doing it here. Well, consider the fact that we can't get it done here. No, who Um, else wants to? And now we're coming up with other rules for getting a Mm -hmm. similar project built, which Mm -hmm. our Premier is saying are, in essence, not as good as the rules we already had. Hi, Dale. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, Good thank you. buddy. What's on your mind? Oh, you know, kind of the same thing that's on everybody else's mind. It's, it's the 1980s, like Andrew was saying. You know, I went to work in, in the steel industry. You know, we were running, you wanted to work seven days a week, you could work seven days a week all the hours you wanted. In yep. three weeks, we went to a half a crew. You know, and I just, I'm really scared that the same thing's going to happen. I, you know, that he's just going to drop a bombshell on us if he gets elected, that the pipeline isn't getting built, and what's there is too old to use anymore, so they're going to shut it down. Oh, you know what, that, I, I, know, I get, I, hey, I, I get where you're coming from. That just sent chills up my spine, honestly. Seriously, look at what he's done. All he's been doing is, is giving... The special interest groups all the say, and he's putting more and more regulations in way in in the way of getting things done in this country. See, he wants a seat in the UN when he's done here, whether it's in the environment or human rights. And the problem with Trudeau is he doesn't care what happens to Canada because it doesn't matter to him. Do you know? I, I listen. I would take what you just said, and I would, from my perspective, modify it slightly. Because I think he does care about Canada, but I think that he's certainly left the impression for many that he doesn't care about the average Canadian. Yeah. I would say that. We have no... I've got two grandkids, and I mean, I've got kids that are just trying to start their families. I am scared crapless about their future. Our grandkids, they have no future. We are giving away their national security. This isn't about saving a few whales if we have a bill. We got it. We're doing more than anybody else on the planet. This has to be about national security, securing the future for our children and our grandchildren and all the people that immigrate to this country. You know, it's funny, I feel almost like this has turned into a bit of a nostalgic history lesson, but I just want to point this out as well. You sound old enough, and from what you're talking about, I think we're similar age. So when there was an FLQ crisis in Quebec, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and his father, Prime Minister Trudeau at the time, called out, you know, the army, mm-hmm. they, and they put him on every corner, mm-hmm. and a reporter asked him, how far will you go with this? And he answered, just watch mm-hmm. me. When there's a will, politicians can get things mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Um, but when there's no will, it's really easy to come up with reasons why they can't get it done. And right yeah. now it feels to me like that's the dance we're dancing, is yeah. that, you know, oh, there will be a pipeline built <sighs> as soon as I get the court to go. You know what? There is a clause called the notwithstanding clause. It was yeah. used by Ford in Ontario. 
I think wrongfully, but still used to get yeah. his agenda through. Yeah, within the first two months of him being in exactly. power. Exactly. If there was a will yeah. to get this expansion done, shovels would be in the ground. Well, you'll remember just last week, uh, Natural Resources Minister Amarjeet Sohi said that the NDB has 22 weeks, 22 weeks to complete its environmental review uh, in regards to Trans Mountain, this uh, taking into account the marine shipping issue, and then Canada's plan to restart consultations with Indigenous communities will be announced shortly, he added. Jonathan has been patiently holding. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Jalen. What's Hi, Andrew. Up? Hello. Hello. Uh, just very quickly, uh, three points here. Uh, first of all, this, your um, example, Andrew, is akin to, uh, you know, saying that automakers have to go through a consultation because their vehicles are used in, uh, uh, you know, a terrorist activity running down people through the, the Paris streets. Um, the second thing is that uh, why why are we just hearing about this now? Well, because it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing is uh, Justin Trudeau and his father. Well, I, I can say that the apple doesn't fall far from <laughs> the maple tree. It's starting to feel a lot like that to me, honestly. So, I mean, I, I've never said it before. I haven't taken that stand before, but I'm starting to I'm starting to really feel that way as well. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to comment, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate the phone call. I want to make one other mention of this uh, before we move on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Amarjeet Sohi and his statements about mm. um, pipeline. And he was reacting to the fact that there was not proper consultation with Indigenous groups. Which is why everything got... Exactly. Halted, yep. But he said something, and I'm a big fan of Amarjeet Sohi, but he said something that I kind of went, ooh, when he said it. You are not the only one. My husband and I had this discussion the other night, too. Because he said there was no greater concern or there was no greater priority than the... More important relationship. more important relationship than that of the one with the federal government indigenous people and i get what he's trying to say mm-hmm. uh but it took me aback because i thought um what about us you know what about albertans what about oil workers what about what about everyday canadians right yeah yeah i i'm and i'm, I'm quite surprised that um mr so hadn't been called on that uh, a me little too. bit more because i think well, I'll be honest with you. I think because a lot of us were like, oh, well, if we say something, we'll be, you know, oh, damn you. Yeah, what are you saying about I think that? that's right. But I think a lot of us felt that way when, when we heard that so yes. much. So when, like, again, we sat down at the dinner table and Coach said, did you hear what Amarjeet right. Sohi said, said today? I had the same conversation with my wife. Did you hear what Amarjeet yeah. Sohi said today? And we're not the children of uh, the government. Mm-hmm. But my argument at the time or my note at the time with my wife was, can you imagine if at the dinner table at Christmas I said, there is no greater relationship in my life than that of my daughter and I? Well, I think the other three kids feel about Mm -hmm. you saying that. Right? And when you've just gone through a process where uh, an expansion hasn't been approved and we've been pushed back for who God only knows for Mm -hmm. how many years now, you're saying that the people who stopped that, generally, 
on are that the end. ones who have the priority. There in is your getting mind. support along the way, yes. but right. you know, when we look at it, when we look at it in BC. Yeah, I'm not looking to stoke hate here or anything no. like that. I'm just saying that was a really odd statement. It took a lot of folks right back. Yeah. You're not alone. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.